Welcome back to the Real Life Curriculum Podcast. Today, very, very big episode, episode 50. And we're joined by David Smith, aka the Mindset Soldier. David, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it, man. man. Come hear it like an old song. Feel it like an old song. Can't rest, can't rest, won't rest. Believing in the process. Every day's a progress. Slow steps, I need my own clothes next. But quickly before we start off, Kyle, man, episode 50, bro. Half, half is How are you feeling? Good. Good man. You don't sound it. it. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, bro. It has been a journey. I've just sat next to this radio. Chilling. It'll be fun to see. No, it's a big, it's a big milestone, man. From where we started on the windowsill in in my kitchen. Exactly, man. That's a love story, this. Yeah, basically is, man. And you know what's even madder as well, yeah? Because I was thinking about this episode the other day, David. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, when was the first time I ever met you? And it was it. Tell the world like three years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and tell the world. And the maddest thing about that same event is that's the first time me and Carmen. Really? Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. we never met before that either. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, mad, yeah. isn't it? So but we only the fact that we're away yeah. So the fact we're here crazy. like now yeah. doing this episode, episode fifty, is like when I was deep in it's actually mad. Right place, right time, man. But you know what? What I remember from that event as well. Yeah. Because I remember when you went up stage on the stage and like told your story. Yeah. yeah. And there was times where like. It was sort of like you were getting at yourself because you didn't know if you were like telling your story right or people yeah. were resonating or you like you were helping people or anything. Mm. But like I just remember being in that crowd, like being so inspired by what you were saying, <laughs> along with like all the people that were with me. Mm. Um, but then you weren't a, you you weren't doing motivational speeches. You weren't no, you know in the in the car like doing your uh, talks with people. Yeah. And I think at that stage, I don't know if even you thought you could do that. But what was the turning point then for you to actually leave that event and actually just get into the work? It, that was a change for me, like you say, like what mm. you two's met. I kind of, I think I met myself in that way. Like I come from a military background, and knowing my background, I lost my voice. Like I was a section commander in the military. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I was a lance corporal. I could give orders, bro. Like five, six hundred people, sound, stand up. I just lost my voice. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, it's not that I didn't believe in myself. It's just I didn't know who I was at the time. And coming out of tell the world, um, obviously Alistair pushed me to say, look, you need to start telling your story, which will help people. And one of the first videos I did was about suicide. Um, and it freaking went fucking viral on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. Because it just hit me hard because of me like trying to commit suicide three times in my life. Doing that, it just came flooding out. And one of my best mates who I was in the military with at the time um, actually called me, he sent me a message, kind of over happily. Over happily, is that even the word? <laughs> 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 like over happy, like yeah, he was yeah. just, it wasn't himself. So I was like, bro, what's going on with you? Like, give me, give me your number, let me call you. Called him and that bro, he was just like, yo, like I watched that video and it stopped me committing suicide. Man. And he told me the story, he said he was at work, he had all his medication, he rang home to speak to his daughter. And he said to his mum, like, just tell, tell my daughter I love her and stuff like that, I'm ready to commit suicide. And as he put the phone down, he said, he said he's seen that video of me. And it just fucking, it just changed his mind. That's mad. How did and that make you feel pfft, hearing that? Made a cry, bro. I was like, that's my new mission. Mm. And I was just fucking relentless, bro. Yeah. Two videos a day, popping out. I've done 500 videos now, nonstop. And it's just me. It's no like, I write down my thoughts, get them in my head. I'm just like, and I have to be, feel that emotion. It's just like manifesting. Mm. I'm going back to them points of hardship in my life and it gets that emotion out and it, it can cripple me sometimes. I get anxiety, I get depression, daily basis. I struggle with happiness every single day. Mm. But happiness comes and goes, it's just like waves, isn't it? You just gotta keep pushing. That's where I think my story and me changing to mindset soldier kind of changed because I wanted to be a person that I, people could admire, but also I could admire as well. Like, yeah, your yeah. story is just 
inspirational though. Like, <laughs> you know, when we first heard the story and tell the world, and I've actually heard it multiple times it's now. It's getting boring for you now, listen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've always, the thing is that like, every time I hear it, it just gives me goosebumps. Like yeah. last time I heard it was Martin and Sarah's networking event. And even yeah. then like, but me, me just being around other people who've not, who've heard it for the first time, everyone's just so in awe, like yeah, of, yeah. All, the, all the stuff you've, you've dealt, dealt with in your life. Like, Give me a bit of fucking chills up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Like what, cause obviously for the people who don't know, yeah. could you give that story again? Yeah, so do you want to give it in segments or not, or do you just want how, how you how it, how you've always ever done it? Because it touches me every time. Yeah, so my story is kind of like everyone. Obviously, you're a child and stuff like that. Like my mum was amazing. She was Italian. Like she was fiery. Um, my dad was never really present in my life. Um, I grew up, as I know, in a, a loving, caring family. But things changed quite quick. I've seen my mum kind of raped. I've seen my mum battered. I've seen my mum difficult situations so I can see the way she was um, and I got talking to the care system I was around about four or five years old um, I was with my sister at the time she got took out of care within about six months and I was um, still in the care system um, and I went through different hostels halfway houses do you know Coventry or Ish, yeah, Ish. not 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 yeah, the not, best, but yeah. Ish. so there was a place back then called Wisteria Lodge, and it was renowned for fucking. It's been demolished now, the place, um, but for like sex stuff, like paedophilia and all stuff like that, and that's where my like childhood just stopped. It's, I'll always remember going there, trying to lock myself in the room. I literally had a teddy and stuff like that, and it's literally that's where I got like kind of sexually abused, mentally abused. I was only like five six years old, and it's just, I came numb as a child then. Do you know what I mean? And going through the care system, I came quite a mute. The only way I knew how to lash out or trying to get my communication was violence. Anyone touch me, I'd just fucking try and like hurt them. Or mm. I didn't like being, I still don't like being touched because of what I went through as a child. Mm. Um, going through the school system, obviously like any kid, every kid gets bullied. Do you know what I mean? And going through the care system, back then, I don't think they knew how to deal with me because I was always took away from the kids. I was never allowed on the playground. I never got that. I would have had a support worker because my anger issues and shit like that. It's not anger issues, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. I've gone through my fucking shit, but no one wants to listen to you. They will mm. say, no, don't listen to him. He's chatting shit. And it was always pinned down. Um, kind of in and out of the care system. I got back in contact with my mum. Uh, around about 16 years old. Um, she was still quite heavily on alcohol and high medication. She was, so she was using drugs in that way. And um, she just come quite volatile. She hit it really well. Um, I always wanted a relationship with my mum, but it, it was just a breakdown. She was hurting from the things she went in through, like, because she was an orphan as well. Um, so I didn't see her for about five, six months. Um, I actually could convert to Islam at the time. Like, I was drug dealing at the time um, through Coventry and Birmingham, going on the wrong fucking road, hanging around with the right, wrong people. Because if you haven't got a man in the house, you're going to find, realistically, a father in the streets. Mm. And my mum passed away. I remember the knock on the door. I was living at my stepdad's at a time. Knock on the door. I was literally watching Footballers Wives, bro. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one, man. Is, I'll, I'll always remember it because it was like it's eight o'clock at night. I just remember watching Footballers Wives mm. in my bedroom. You know a cop has uh, knock on the door. Mm. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. You like, just know. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> literally, I just went to the top of the stairs and I peered, like, peered down just so I can hear in that. And they was just like, oh, it's David Smith here. And he went, yeah, he's upstairs. What's he doing? What's he going? She went, no, nah, no, nah, um, his mother's passed Maria. I just fucking broke down, bro. Like, mm. you will never, ever be ready for them words when your mum dies. Mm. No matter what you go through yeah. life, you'll never be ready for them words. 
Um, obviously shut the door. My, my stepdad came upstairs. He went, David. He said, "Did you hear that?" I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking, I couldn't talk. Like it still tears me up a little bit now. I just, I remember that moment and emotions. I literally ran from one side of Coventry all the way to Cobden Street uh, in Coventry. It's the furthest I ever ran, bro. So I just didn't believe it. I was yeah. just like, "How the fuck? Like, how can someone take your mum?" Do you know what I mean? Um, from yeah, but literally. The weird thing about that fucking story, when I converted to Islam, one of the mullahs, his name was Dawood as well, when I went to go and speak to him, and he said, look, what do your family think about you converting to Islam? Um, I said, look, I, don't, I haven't spoken to my mum for about five, six months, and my dad's not there and stuff. He said, you need to go and speak to your mum to get it out. I said, I feel like there's some bad energy or something bad's going to happen. Literally two days later, she passed away, bro. Oh, mad. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously yeah. Allah testing you, your faith and stuff like that, yeah. shaitan taking away, whatever. Yeah. But I just com couldn't comprehend that at 16 years old. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm fucking, it was just mad. Um, I went off the rails a little bit, distanced myself. I didn't want to be around anyone else. My, my, me and my stepdad's relationship kind of fucking failed. Um, and he kicked me out, I came homeless. Uh, I was living on the streets. In hostels, friends' sofas, just in and out for about two, three years. Then I got a registered address in Coventry, and it's a place called the foyer where they home homeless kids. You have to register yourself as homeless. So you can get um, a registered address, join the military, and that was my changing point in my life. Do you know what I mean? Out of 100 re recruits, I came best recruit. Like, do you know what I mean? That's a fucking big Not thing. The year before, yeah, I was living yeah. on the streets and Not coming out and getting recruit, a medal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. huge. But then... About three weeks before I was supposed to pass out, um, I got another fucking call. He's like, oh, your dad's died. I'm just like, Pfft. I didn't know how to take that because I never really knew him. Yeah. And that was a big turning point in my mindset. It was because if I left the military that time to go and sort out all the solicitors and the funeral for my dad, they would have back squatted me. So I have to start training all like, over again. All over yeah. again. I was like, I can't do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I had to say, not dealing with it, I'll deal with it. At another no. point. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. I need to fucking pass out. This is my road A. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I didn't yeah. have a plan B. Mm. Came out of that, did that, went straight to Afghan um, within about three months on my first tour. Um, absolutely loved it because I just love chaos because that's all I've been brought up in was chaos yeah. in my life. Um, fucking thrived with it, bro. Like bombs, bullets being shot at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking sick, bro. Like it is. The energy you get from being at war, yeah. I'll never forget. I bet the adrenaline's just nuts, always, constant. No drug can compare to it. No fucking having sex with women cannot compare to it. Yeah. Driving a car at fucking 200 miles an hour, cannot, you can't get that thrill yeah. of being shot at and killing the enemy and stuff like that. Coming back off that tour, I weren't really right. Started fighting a lot more, mm. um, drinking alcohol, taking drugs. I never took drugs before that. Mm. Um, I sold them but never took them. Started to take drugs, I started to numb shit in my head. Things weren't right, I weren't sleeping right, I was lashing out the wrong people. Um, became a corporal, a physical training instructor. So I was still progressing, and I think that's one thing that I've learned through my life is, no matter how bad my life gets, I can still progress. Mm -hmm. And that's like the resilient mindset that, that like the military give you. And then on my second tour, very kinetic, um, five deaths, over 90 injuries, and um, one of the things that I got from that tour was a mentioned dispatches, which is from our mate John Dawson, who got shot in the head by a sniper. Um, that day was just fucking eerie, bro. Like, you know when you get a gut feeling, like they always say, listen yeah. to mm -hmm. your gut, and just something like the atmosphere, like when you're in a war zone, you just feel it, bro. Like the locals run, run the opposite way from you, and you're just like, yo, shit's going to go down. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we're getting air support. We can see like where enemies are and stuff like that. Um, but we took over a compound. So me and the sharpshooter went on top. Um, and it's something called a baiting up. So when you're on top of the compound, literally you're the, the bait. Right. Okay, yeah. Taliban, 99% of the time, I was shit shot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they're just going to shoot. It's the AK-47. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. shooting in the general direction. If they hit you out, it's a fucking bonus. Mm. And that's why they normally put IEDs or blow you up because they're not very good shots. Right. But there's a fucking sniper about, weren't there? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we were circling, so we wouldn't stay in the same position mm. for more than a couple of seconds, rotating, getting down on one knee, moving around, okay. just so we became a hard target. Yeah, yeah. You, stay, you stay local, do you know what I mean? It's, it's you're going to get shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, up there for a couple of hours, there was nothing at all. Couldn't see any, any enemies, couldn't see any, like, any threat at all. So I called up the next sentry, and it was John Dawson, my mate, Ellie Engum. They took over our sentries. My mate, John Outward, who was the sharpshooter, he uh, told Engum his, like, kind of directions and stuff like that. Then John Dawson took over mine, and we went through training together. I was like, his big brother, I always kind of protected him. Told him everything. I said, just don't fucking sit down, bro. Don't be lazy, because he is a fat shit, bro. <laughs> like, he's lazy. Like, any opportunity, he'll sit <laughs> down. Yeah. He'll do it. I said, just don't sit down. Just make sure if you do it, take cover. There's like divots. On top of the compound, it was flat. And then there was little divots. I said, just lie down, bro, and just have a drink or something like that. Literally, as I got down, took my body armor, helmet off. Um, just about when I was about to unlace my boots, you just heard a crack and a thump, and it was, I'd always remember it's just, you just hear that noise. Yeah. And I was just like, bro. You just knew. Yeah, you just knew, like, something. So I sh then Engum shouted, couldn't see Dawson. Dawson was unresponsive. Engum just went to shock. He just went to meltdown, do you know what I mean? He didn't know what to do. Yeah. So we was frozen, like, Engum, get the fuck down, like, um, where's Dawson, where's Dawson? And he just pointed, I was like, fuck this. Went on top of the building. Had no body armor, no helmet, no rifle, no nothing. Seen him, yeah. he was just KO'd on his back. So I ran over to him, um, trying to check his body for uh, entry and exit wounds, couldn't find nothing. Um, checked his balls, his back, that's what you're supposed to do. If someone's been shot and you don't know where the entry is, you check everything, because right, okay. it could be anywhere. So you check if the balls are still there, the yeah. arsehole, you check everywhere to yeah. see if there's any bleeding, because normally if you're shot, mm -hmm. you get internal bleeding, so you'll see mm -hmm. it come out the arse, the rears and stuff. Okay. Um, Turn, turn into his side, then I seen the exit or the entry wound, he got shot straight through the chin and it came out the top of his head. So as I tilted him, the blood just went everywhere. Um, so I pulled his tongue out, um, still getting shot at, like the Taliban's still shooting. Yeah. Um, but my whole reason was trying to fucking um, take cover on top of Dawson so he didn't get shot. We were getting rounds thrown at us, so I was like fucking hell, so I had to get on top of Engum, no, not Engum, uh, John Dawson. I picked up the rifle, Cocked it, went to go and shoot, hard cock, released it, hard cock again, so I fucking threw the rifle. I was like, bro, this ain't my fucking day, man. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something called an LMG. I picked that up, um, literally hard cock again, pulled it, fucking tried to shoot, jammed again, pulled it out, got my leg, kicked it, yeah. did that out and just fucking nothing. I was like, you taking the piss, bro? Like, yeah. Did you think that was going to be it for you as well? <laughs> We're getting shots around me, bro. I've yeah. still got the bag that I had on that day was on top of the compound in my boots. They still had like fucking... Rounds going through it, bro. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm still alive. Um, Didn't get hit at all? Not, not, not one, one. Not one bullet, bro. That's mad. Not one bullet, bro. It's mad. I got on, I got on top of him, gave him first aid, because I had to switch, and I was like, bro, call downstairs. I said, take over the firefight, give me some fucking backup. They started round, put, uh, firing rounds down the fucking, um, to this mosque where the um, sniper was. I got on top of John Dawson, dragged him, um, tried to give him first aid, make sure he was still breathing. Um, dropped him down to the medic. The medic took over. We took over the firefight. 
I've got down, literally got the rocket launcher with a 66, pulled that out. It's just literally, you clip it, pull it, and you just fire it. Went straight to the mosque and it just killed off the firefight. So we put all our um, uh, energy over to Dawson. He actually was still alive, I thought he was dead, bro. But he's he's still alive all this time. Yeah, he's still alive, bro. I was like, how the fuck are you still alive, bro? Like, I didn't want to put him into shock. So he was like, bro, what's happened? I said, look, mate, you just fell off the top of the building. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he's turned and tried to speak and that. Um, and I remember him fucking, like, he's got like, his eyes hanging out his socket. Shit. And he's put his finger, he's like, tried to rub and he's put his finger straight down. Fucking oh, oh, no. That is the like, <laughs> <laughs> In the moment, though, like, what, that, what is it like seeing that in that environment? That's what the training kicks in, bro. That's yeah. your subconscious mind. Like, yeah. you've been taught it, you've been taught it, you've been taught it, but you only really become a soldier when you go to war. Mm. There's a lot of soldiers that are in the military that are soldiers, but they haven't been, they haven't gone through it. Yeah. You never know until you're in them situations how you react. Training can only take it's you so far. Yeah. Kicks in. yeah, you need that mindset. And that's mm. what I think I've always had. I've always had that soldier's mindset. Like, I've been around so much trauma. Mm. Like, someone being shot ain't nothing new to me. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's what got me through it. And that's what life does sometimes. You don't realise the struggle that you've gone through is going to give you strength in certain situations through life. Um, and coming back off that tour, I didn't want to leave. Like I tried to extend my tour because I, I had unfinished business, bro. Like, and it, it, it ate me up coming back off that tour. There was something in me that like, was just like, I still had anger, a lot of anger. And, mm. and that's why you wanted to take it up. Yeah, just, just, just wanted to, bro. Like, I didn't finish business. You can't go around killing my mates when you're getting away with it. Like, I was, mm. We were hunting for these guys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because what they'll do is shoot us, drop the rifle, we can't shoot them. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? There's situations that we can't talk about in that tour. Like, you'd know because they'd have debris, they'd have gunpowder on their hands. Like, yeah. you'd know a shooter. Well, so if they drop the, the gun, yeah. that's it, you. Literally. We're not allowed to shoot them. Who's who put that in place though? Is that the military? That, that's the government. It's called Card Alpha. So right. we can, we can't shoot if they're no threat. Okay. So in, for instance, if they literally put a rifle up towards to us, we can we can shoot and kill. But if they try and shoot us, drop the weapon and then put their back towards us, really? we're we're the people that be going jail. I never oh. knew that. Even if they just 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 shot us, yeah, yeah. But obviously, there's some circumstances you just don't adhere to that. It's yeah. If they put my life in danger or other people's, yeah, they're getting shot and killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't care if they're turning the back. Yeah. It's one of them, bro. Yeah. Got offended. <laughs> got offended. You got. You got to think yeah. these people's the day before planting bombs, mm. blowing up my mates. My mates. Yeah. Some of them have still got. Well, the, most of them have got fucking legs missing, arms missing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're still in comas. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, how do you get away from that? So how? When did you officially leave the military? Then after that. Twenty fifth of January two thousand seventeen. And would you say you struggle with PTSD? Yeah, I've got it tattooed right there, bro. Yeah. So I was diagnosed in 2014. Yeah. Um, which is really tough for me. And it's tough for anyone in the military because it's a career killer. Mm. You try and hide it in the infantry. There's so many people in the military still that still have PTSD. They just haven't come forward and they won't come forward because it's a career killer. Yeah. You're non-deployable. You're P0. Like, what and are that's you? Just, that's it after that. You just yeah, you're just a spare part, bro. Like, you can't... You can't... No one's going to trust you in them mm. situations again. Mm. But sometimes PTSD is the strongest fucking mentality you can have because I can control myself in bad situations. It's just silence. Put me in a war zone, people shooting bomb at me, but I'm I'm sound. Yeah. yeah. Put me in a room where there's no noise, bro. Yeah. Don't stand you. near me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Not just me. on that, one of the questions we actually yeah. got on Instagram was what was the transition like for you for going from like a life that's so like regimented yeah. to like coming out of the military and then basically having endless uh, possibilities, pretty much. And time is, yeah, it's it's keeping them morals, values, standards, and disciplines. And that's what people in the military, and I think even civilians need to have, is 
they lose purpose and purpose is through disciplines. And that's mm -hmm. how you build it. If you can keep to your regime every day, which is mine is, I'd, my shit I adhere to every day. No one comes near it. I wake up every single time, this one meals exactly this in place. Try to go to bed at a certain time, drink mm -hmm. the same water. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's discipline for me. It, sometimes it don't work for people, but when I'm out of my disciplines, I know I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna fuck up and yeah. be suicidal because suicidal thoughts does enter my head quite a, quite a lot. So I have to keep them at bay. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Was that the biggest thing you've taken away from the military and discipline out of everything? Massively, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something in the military which is their uh, values and standards. It's called C drills. It's courage, discipline, respect, integrity, loyalty, and selfless commitment. And I'll always adhere to that, whether that's business, family, whatever. If I adhere to them standards, I'm always going to be, mm. uh, do you know what I mean, a, a good man to m myself. I do fall off the track. Everyone fucks yeah, up, yeah, fuck up all the time, but old man's up to it. That's it. You know, you know, another one of the questions we had then was like, what is your actual view on the military, and would you let your son join? Hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. There's things I can teach my son, and there's things I can't teach my son. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's there's going to be a point where my son doesn't want to listen to me but then he's going to have to listen to someone else. And that's mm -hmm. what was me. Like, I'm always going to be that militant. And he's, he, when he gets to a certain age and I'm going to have to be put them boundaries in, which will be, but there's some times where I think if you over-discipline, they, mm -hmm. they get distant. Mm -hmm. And you, if you can hand them to the military, 100%, yeah. I love the military. The military is supposed to be for, especially men, 100%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously you're talking about your son. Yeah. What's it like being a father now? Because you got you got... Uh, story in a navy, yeah. yeah. What, what's it like now then? Yeah, it's it's just mad. I've, it's just mad. I, ne I never thought I wanted to be a dad because I never had a dad. I didn't mm. know if I could be a dad because I never had a dad. I always thought I was going to fail because I always had that misconception mm -hmm. of like what a father was. Um, I think you can go opposite ways. And I, I think I'm a good dad. I'm present every day. Mm. I'll put myself through pain just to see him. I'll put myself through no sleep just to see him. And it's it's just being present. Mm. and being emotionally intelligent around him, which I'm really trying to learn. So I'm learning how to be a father from books. I've read so many books um, with like Dr. Mate and all kinds of people like that who really understand how like child psychology works. I've actually kind of educate myself emotionally mm. to become more emotionally intelligent because I've got ADHD and EUPD, so I really struggle with my emotions. So if I can help my kids regulate their emotions, it helps me in an effect. Yeah. In a way. yeah it's, it helps me be a better person as well. So what was like... Would you say that having kids has changed your purpose in life or has it always been the same stuff? Yeah, you've, you've, you've got someone to depend on now. Mm. I've got to feed them. I've got to finance them. So there's there's more elevation that you <clears> need <throat> to get. I can't just be lazy. My kids never see me sit down. Always They're, on the move. Always, bro. They don't see me sitting down. They have to pull me down to sit me down. Do you know what I mean? I'm getting them up, playing with them. I'm always up normally before them. I've already been gym before they've got up. Or mm. I want my kids to cement that. So when they look at me, they know what... Not a real man, but personally, I think that is a, a man is a, a man that won't differ from his disciplines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's regimented mm. away from that. Whatever it is in life, you'll mm. fuck up as men. How, how important would you say, because obviously I see the stories every day, you're up early, mm. training, eating right. How important is that for, for a person to try and develop themselves and self-care? It's life and death to me. Mm. Someone asked me, might be, they can let themselves off and stuff. I've seen a lot of coaches coming through these days on fucking social media and platforms yeah. fucking dipping in ice baths and doing this and that I call them the self worries and soldiers bro <laughs> dipping yourself <laughs> in a fucking ice bath is not a fucking soldier 
you know what I mean? Yeah, you may yeah. think you're getting that militant mindset. You ain't, bro. Like, not I'm pretty sure if the really Taliban ran across shooting at you, you're in a fucking ice bath. You ain't doing shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're built. Yeah. I get what they're trying to build. Mm, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's so many fake people out there just because they've gone through a little journey. Mm. Don't try and educate people on things you don't know sometimes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, people come to me. I didn't. I never. I never believed myself in being a mindset coach. But fucking, hell, I've got over ten clients now. Do you know what I mean? It's just Sick. shut off, and it's I'm changing their life. Like the testimonials from them just make me cry sometimes. Like one of my my clients, his mum messaged me saying, "Bro, like you've literally changed my life. I've got my son back. Mm -hmm. That's why I do it. Mm -hmm. I don't just come on and say." Like fucking men in your 30s or women in your 30s are going to change your life. I'm going to give you diet, mm. all kinds of shit like that. Diet doesn't change your life. It's all about you have to work inner work, out work. You have to know exactly what goes into your body. Like I know so much about nutrition and the mind and the body and the microbiome and how much fiber and fucking your mm. insulin sensitivity. Coaches these days don't educate their clients. They I'm just not. tell them to do something. You educate people. So when it actually comes to the, the transition of them leaving you, they know what to do. Mm. Not fail, then come back. That's what these people want. Yeah. So then they keep coming back. Keep yeah. Coming back. It smokes and mirrors. This episode of Real Life Curriculum is sponsored by Strong Pilates Leicester. Strong Pilates are a global fitness brand new to the UK, specialising in a completely unique fusion of reformer Pilates, strength and conditioning, and cardio. Since training at Strong since October, we've both noticed huge changes to our physical and mental well-being, making the most progress through core strength. If you're looking for a well-rounded workout and to push yourself out of your comfort zone, then Strong Pilates is for you. And don't forget to give them a follow at Strong Lester on Instagram. Thank you guys. Enjoy the episode. You know, just a bit like going back on what you said, like about like people yeah. like, that do the ice baths and stuff. So, you know, you think that people should be like, have like as men as well, specifically, yeah. should be like regimented and things like that. Yeah. Say, what if you don't have the opportunity to go join the military or you don't want to do that, is there any other way that you feel like you can become a bit regimented in your life without having to go through sort of what you went through? I think there's a, there can be a stage, but you have to go, you have to put yourself through struggles. So if I see a struggle coming, I hit it head on. I don't deter, deter from it or any kind of way. It's, it's making sure you've got a structure to plan your day the mm. day before. Don't plan it on the day because you're always going to fail. Mm. That's a lot of things that, what I struggle with ADHD is, I'll plan loads of shit and I'll fucking do this shit. Yeah. So I have to be regimental. I have to know what I'm doing the next day. And if I'm not, my brain fries. I'm just like, tell me the fuck. What, what do you want to do? When someone says to me, oh, I'll meet you at around about two o'clock. It's like, bro, what two o'clock? Yeah. Oh, it's three o'clock. What fucking time do you want to meet? Yeah. So I have to be that regimental with my time. My time is so important mm. because I, well, like, like us all, we wish we could have more time in the day. I go to bed sometimes like, fucking hell, like, I've got so much shit to do tomorrow. Yeah. So you try and make sure you're getting up at the right time. I personally think getting up before sunrise is so important because it sets that discipline in. If you can't get out of bed in the morning, then what? Well, you're just setting yourself up to fail. Mm. I think that's a lot of people struggle with. No, 100%, I definitely agree with that. Because even like when I get up early, go gym, mm. like five, six a.m., just done, I feel my day always goes so much better. There's not a day where it don't. Mm. So then it does piss me off a bit, you know, like when I let myself go a bit, like I'm sleeping at like, wake good. up at like eight, nine. Yeah. And I think that's good, exactly. I think yeah, that is yeah. good. Cause yeah. when I get pissed off the next day, I know I'm gonna wake up early. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, it hurt to not do that the day before. People ain't hard on themselves. It you have pisses to me off yeah. and I see it online. Oh, stop being so hard on yourself. No, fuck I think off. you have to, I think you're hard on yourself. Do. Stop yeah. allowing yeah. yourself to fucking sit back and watch Netflix. Other people doing things in their life. Oh, you've had a hard week. Guess what? Have another hard week. Mm -hmm. Have another hard week. Burn yourself, this is what I do. I personally burn myself out until I physically can't be around no one and I'll have a day off or a couple mm. of hours off. 
or I'll have a walk around the graveyard because the graveyard's the best place for me because no one fucking chats back to me. Mm. <laughs> it's literally where yeah. I'll go nearly every night. I'll have words with myself and yeah. no one speaks to me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best place to be sometimes. Do you have a, what, like, your day off, what does that consist of? Like I don't a rest have a day, day off, bro. That's not me just saying so that. I don't have a day off. At all. I train do every day. Do you ever day. wind down, like, I don't know, go spa or do anything like that just to I'll go spa for like 20 minutes, bro, and get bored. Really, yeah. <laughs> I can't sit down, bro. I don't like it, mate. I just I like I like being proactive. I have to try and yeah. plan stuff, even if it is there it's down to my meal prep, taking the dogs out, playing with the kids, or there's something. I have to do something in my day. I don't really I haven't achieved my goals yet to have a day off. Mm. I haven't achieved where I want to be yet, so I haven't got a day off. Like everyone obviously like trying to take a Sunday off. Sunday is a bit more reflection for me, so I do a lot more journaling. Mm. Um it's me planning my week. I still go to the gym. I train every single day, but it's training the right way. Like people say, are you overtraining? I'm not. Like I, I only eat two, probably f max three meals a day. I fast 20 hours a day, and I'm still out running. Yeah, I'm still out pacing. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? You just need, need to know a system that works for you, mm -hmm. personally. I love that. We have brought a new addition to the podcast today. Go. <laughs> the Diary of a CEO conversation cards. Yeah. We've not used them yet. We've not. There's never been an episode before. <laughs> so. This could, be a bit, this could be a bit mad, <laughs> but my plan of how we do it is there's levels, yeah? So for anyone that doesn't know, there's level one, level two, level three, yeah? Level one's more like just surface level questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Level two, we go a bit deeper, and level three, even deeper. So if we all pick That's one deep, from man. each... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deep, so if we all pick one from each section, yeah? And we'll all just answer it, right? And see, what we, see where we come from. So, Kai, you're going to get level three. Oh, deep level, no. bro. Well, just pick one out. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You pick one out of the David. Level one. And I'll pick level two. So, so David, you're first. No, no, just pick anyone out and then you're first. You ask the question, we'll answer it, then you answer it. Then we'll go level two, then so we'll go level am three. Am I answering my own question? Am I giving this to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You answer your own question and then we're going to answer the same well, question. You're a shit host, ain't you? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Delegation, <laughs> man. I'm delegated right now. <laughs> right, I'm gonna. You tell me when to stop. Right now. Yeah, yeah. You, that yeah, was yeah, a stop. That. You just said right. No, now. that's all right. Sorry, stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, go on. Stop. If you could, if you could go back in, back into one area in civilization. 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 There we go. What area would you pick? Ooh. And what job would you be? What Ooh. job would you do? I don't know, you know. I'd say probably 1930s, 40s. Really, yeah? Yeah, I just like that area. A man was a man, a woman was a woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's literally black and white. Yeah. You know where you're standing and thinking, yeah. what job would I be? Be a gangster, bro. One hundred percent, bro. Uh, Bugsy, man. Sick, man. I'd own some casino, something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, no beer, Roddy, no alcohol. Roddy and Reggie Cray. 100%, mad, bro. Ooh. Come on. 60, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go them times as well. But No. Nah, but, yeah, the thing is, but the thing is, that, the thing is, I was going to say that because, like, I don't know, I have, like, a thing in it, World War Two, and I'm quite interested by it. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm quite, I like to learn about it. I like to, and it, it sounds mad to some people, but, like, I literally think I, I would love to be there and just it, see what life was like then. I, so, it is mad because it's not that... Not like far, long ago, but yeah, yeah, and literally like the depression and the shit they went through. Mm. Kids these days would not even fab on. Yeah, yeah. Like when a yeah. Wi-Fi goes down these days, kids fucking go mad. Go mad yeah. Imagine like bombs flying, yeah. no food, yeah. no water, no, no rations. Phone, no like, contact. This generation's like soft. 
for me, for me, it's gonna have to be like World War Two times and job. Yeah, I'd be in the war, like fighting. That would be that would be my job. I'd hundred percent. I would have been there. You'd be handing out the water, bro. No, 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 no. I'm there, bro. Like I'm on it. I like I'm. I hundred. You'll be the little hustler. You'll be selling water to people, bro. No, 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 no. I'm I'm hundred percent. I'll be there, bro, and I'm ready. And like, you know, pick a card. Pick a card. Back then, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, Carl, what I'm are you saying? Say, I'm going to go 80s, 70s, 80s. What are you doing? It's that hair, bro. That's yeah, that's 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 that. Right. <laughs> fashion, fashion, nah. Probably be some Tony Montana Scarfish. I knew you were going to yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Miami and that. Just sat there in the club, just cocked like, I'm having that. Fair play, man. <laughs> that's it, yo, all right. I'm going to go. We'll do the same. So you tell me when to stop. Stop. Hmm. Right. You have. It says you have one last piece of work to do. What is that piece of work and why? So if you had one last bit of work one to do. One last piece of work. What is job? I don't know. Or how would you take that? What is how work? You... Yeah. Yeah. Like if you had one last mm. job to do, maybe then like. On the surf, what would what what would be the last thing that you need to like finish off? Not like think more deep, innit? Like yeah. This. Yeah, yeah. What's the last thing you need to and do? And we're not on about your hair, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get one last perm before I go. <laughs> nah. I'd say, obviously, make sure my family are looked after. If I've got the paper. Yeah, man. Which I will have the paper. Last resort, mate. Bank robbery or something. If that's the yeah, going to die in an yeah. hour, bro. Wait, if I'm going to... That's my last, last thing, yeah. Then all my loved ones all... Got everything patterned. Make sure Tambert is part of the <laughs> 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 That's right. Make sure the studio's all nice. Um, nah, it has to be that, bro, because I don't think there's anything else that would... If it's your last piece of work, I feel I like if, I, yeah, if I had kids, then it'd be like... Yeah, yeah. But right now, right now, we've got right now. I'm going to have to yeah. say, yeah, it has to be family with that one. Like, there's nothing yeah. else. Just make sure everything's is perfect. It could be before that's the last bit I've got to do. Yeah, my kids will want me for me. Number one. Yeah, yeah right. definitely. Ooh. Level three. Level three. We're about to go deep in the trenches now. Who wants it? Tell me about Stop. Oh, yeah. Big one, yeah. What is your deepest fear? Ooh. Letting my kids down, man. That's one for me, letting them down. Make sure they respect me and know that I was a good man. I think that's the biggest thing. Why when it comes you? and goes, but I think it's just make sure they respect me. Why do you fear that so much? Because I think once they don't respect you, they, d they don't become your kids no more. Do you know what I mean? You're not that father figure. I want my kids to fear me, but not that in way. Do you know what I mean? I want that father figure in my life where mm. they can approach me in about anything, anything. But I ain't, fuck that, I ain't pissing dad off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I want yeah. that mentality where they know I ain't going out with him or I ain't going to there because I ain't getting that from my dad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, I wouldn't say it's like fear in a way, but it's a fear of fucking up. Yeah. Not a fear of me and how I react. It's a fear of them fucking up and I want that in them. What's yours? Nice. What, what is it? What, what is the question? What is your biggest fear? What is your deepest fear? Deepest fear. fear. <clears throat> uh, My deepest fear. Close your eyes, bro. Go deep, it? man. I gotta go deep, so let me, let me think. Just think about it, man. I think a lot I've of people got a fear, days. but I feel like it's not deep enough. Say what it is on your mind. Public speaking. That's your deepest that's my, fear. That's, I, I do. That's a, mm. yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. I go deep. Yeah. True. That fear, like, mine is honestly, like, not reaching my full 
Your kids are going to be the be kind of the best version of me, and that's what I want them to go. Yeah, yeah. If I don't reach my potential, that's why a lot of people in the council estates don't go anywhere. That's where I come from. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They because they still surround themselves with that environment. They don't know how to mm. burst that bubble. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like crabs, crabs in a bucket, bro. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to keep down. pulling. Once you get yeah. somewhere, they fucking just pull you down. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. You know, what, just going off, going off that, I've, I've had a thought. So my deepest fear, yeah, for me, and this is hundred percent my deepest fear. It's sort of what you said about not reaching your full potential, but my deepest fear is not being able to retire my mum. Mm. Like, if I don't do that, like... If you gave yourself a limit? Um, when I want to do it. can't be that much of a fear. When I, when I want to do it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a time, like... Tell us. By, Put that like, out to the like, universe, by, bro. By, 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 literally, by 25, and that's three years. By the age now. you're 25, Yeah, yeah. By, I'm How old are you now? 22. 23 this year. Like it. So I think I'm that's gonna hold you accountable to that. I, I hope mm -hmm. you do. I really do. But like that's you don't, my I'm gonna retire you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yo, that's uh, it, man. I'm doing it, but nah. That's <laughs> it. Do it, do it. And I don't I I don't actually think that's a joke either, so I'm I'm on it. But um but yeah man, that's definitely mine. So how would you how old would your mum be then in three years? How would you know? What's that? Um Oh yeah. Forty. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. Forty yeah, forty. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think she wants to be retired. I think she wants to be retired now. That's yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't. In fact, I know my mom. She doesn't. It's not the fact she wants to be retired. It's the fact that she wants yeah to be able to do what she wants to do. You want her to enjoy her, and life. I want her to enjoy her life. Yeah, because yeah. she's done everything to make me yeah fully to get the most out of mine, isn't it? And that's I do love seeing them videos. You know, like every TikToks or whatever, when kids are just like your dad, mom paid off your mortgage. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like I just love seeing that, and like society these days thinks mortgage is big. It's nothing. I, it just keeps you in the system. Yeah, I love that feel, right. like that feeling as well. You know, when I see them exact same videos, like I literally picture myself like walking in my house, the house we live in now, mm. like saying to my mum, like literally, you don't even have to go work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. and like pff, that'd be the best day ever, man. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna happen, though. It will happen. It's gonna happen. She still goes to work. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. She's, you know the good thing is, though, be what, she'll, she wouldn't go to what she's doing now. She'll go to work yeah. of what she wants to do. Like, yeah, I know she'll start yeah. up her own thing or what she wants to do. So that'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll be happy with that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Bro. Do you think people lose that in life? Like, I think that's a big thing going through the school system is, obviously, it, the school system's there to kill your creativity. Mm. They're there to make you the job. You go to school nine to five and mm. all kinds of shit like that. And I think that's something... I want to try and keep my kids as their creativity. Like I've always said, like I will pay fucking bills. Like if my, my the school system said to me, you can't take your kids out to Thailand for six months. You'll I'll, pay, I'll that. pay that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's all about life experiences. What kids go to Thailand at four or five years old and yeah. experience life. They go down to Blackpool and with all yeah. negative shit. Do you know what I mean? It's one of the prime weights in the UK. I ain't taking my kid there. Yeah. yeah. Would you, you want to? Well, mm. Saying that I could only go to Blackpool. Yeah. It's been a blessing to be able to do that as well. Like exactly. I have even friends that say I want to go on holiday. Mm. It's a blessing in itself, you know what I mean? I would love to see Channel 7, but unfortunately, Blackpool is in, so I couldn't afford it. 100%, you know yeah. I mean? So if you've got the blessing, then stand up for yourself and use them as well. 100%, y
Nah, sick. Nah, I definitely agree with that as well. And like, even, you know what videos I love as well? You know, when I see like kids growing up in like different environments too, it's like, I see like kids at like three, four years old, like snowboarding, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the sort of things like kids should be doing. Like, I know obviously we've not got the conditions to do it, but like they're the sort of adventures and stuff like I feel like kids like need to experience, like, like you say, real life experiences, not mm. just what we're getting taught in school, which is rubbish to be honest. Mm. And not, it's not really preparing us the right way, man. So I think, if you are able to give your kids like them life experiences early, mm. sick man. Or even if you're able mm. to grow up in them ones. What advice would you give to parents right now? Let's say, for example, the kids are in the system that you need to give them a bit more edge. You need to give them a bit. So, what advice are you giving to parents for their children? As in, what? Become a good parent, raise good children. There's a lot of demographic right now where women are raising men. And just that alone is a problem. And it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Great at it. Yeah. I don't know why everyone shies away from knowing more knowledge. Like, the best thing you said for probably the whole thing is that red book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, so yeah. So how do you seek this knowledge? No one's seeking knowledge, bro. It's, mm. it's hard to learn to be... Obviously, you've got to learn how you go on and your kids and whatever, but if you can learn to be more emotionally intelligent, kids don't learn, they absorb. Mm. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. Mm. Like, if you show me that you show me the boy for seven years, I'll show you the man. Mm. Because how our brain works and our function, our neurological pathways, and kids do not fucking learn. Like, I'll tell my kid, stop, stop. Mm. Kid ain't gonna learn, he just thinks he's being a dick and he's, he's, he's gonna move away from you because the emotions towards it. No, lower your tone, whisper. Big thing to kids is just whisper because they think you've got something good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you teach them, you come down to their level, their mm. eye level, don't speak down to them. I always, when I'm speaking to my son, I get on my knees or I sit down. Yeah. Like, What's going on? Speak to me. That just changes a kid's life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I never got that. It was always a backhand or, yeah. do you know what I mean? A pulling or something like that. Yeah. So, I'd always shy away from anyone like at school systems and stuff like that because I wasn't taught that. So I think the biggest thing is being very emotionally intelligent as possible and heal from your stuff before you hurt your kids. Because the things you don't heal from as a father or a mother, your kids are gonna have to heal from in a later life, I personally think. So mm. I can't go through that. My kids ain't going <clears> through the pain that I did. I'll put them through pain and suffering where they have to do shit on their self, mm. but I'll never like fuck their life up where they have to heal from my trauma. Fuck that, I can't do that. I couldn't go to the grave knowing that. Mm. I couldn't do it. Mm. So I think that, yeah. Definitely. You know, with, with your kids though, do you know like, we are speaking about how <coughs> the generation's like quite soft now mm. and everyone's glued to their phones. You know, obviously they're still young. Are you going to encourage them to do exercise and all this stuff and like kind of prevent them from using any technology until like an older age or? To certain points, I don't like my kids watching TV when they're eating mm. because they, they, just, they just stare. And I've, I've had conversations with my ex about it, I just, I don't like them watching TV because they're not chewing properly and they're not, their cog cognitive functions ain't working properly. They need to know what they're putting in their mouth, what the tastes are, because kids just mow down, do you know what I mean? I like my kids eating good food where they have to chew because a lot of the process of foods are so important. Like the breakdown of calories, a calorie's not a calorie, how it goes into your body, like fructose, glucose, and how it goes into the glycogen system and literally like, for instance, if I, I want to teach my kids a lot about nutrition and how important the microbiome is. Your gut's healthy, your brain's healthy. Like 85% of your serotonin comes from your gut. And when you were a child and when we first form, that's where it splits. So you've got your brain cell and your gut cell kind of thing. And that's where it comes from the pathway. Mm. So if your gut isn't happy, like salt and sugar, who's going to lie to you, your brain or your gut? Your brain's going to tell yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've always got to listen to your gut. So that's a big thing I think teaching my kid about nutrition and the right ways about it. Shit, mm. man. God, yeah, my guy, oh, we've got a new host anyway. Nah, go on. <laughs> this is a big thing for me when having kids, and you hit the nail on the head, like, kids absorb most, they see mm. most. Now, clock one thing in the sentence you said there, like, mm. ex-missus. Mm. Now, more than likely, your kids around her say, I'm just going to go and say the four days of the week. 
Like, it's every day. Like, my positions, I'll just, I ain't putting in, but I'm saying my positions, me and my ex still live together at the minute. Oh, sick. Okay. Do you know what I mean? That's my question of being like, with what you live, yeah. you need to be in a kiss every life. Yeah. Like men have not got that imprint because they're getting weekend shifts. Yeah, yeah. And so all that impact, they go back for five days watching shit for TV. Yeah, yeah. All this shit that's not doing nothing, they come back to that fixed mindset trip. It's hard, man. Especially when the man yeah. knows what's best. That's what I mean by kids being raised by women. Yeah, definitely. Like there are some women out there that fucking do it amazing. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. But do you know what I mean? It's it, it's just knowing that the way I teach my kids is going to be different to my ex. My, my ex is phenomenal, Wicked. absolutely phenomenal. But one hundred percent, like she's just she's just amazing. The strength she showed me of how to be a mom is a strength I've never seen. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I I fucked up. I cheated. I'll always put my hands up to shit, bro. I fucked up because I. I haven't healed from the shit I had from, from women in my life. My women have always left me in my life. My mum left me. My sister took me out of care. She put me back into care. I was, do you know what I mean, physically abused by women and men in the care system. My relationship with women is not good. And I'm learning through that now and I'm trying to heal from it so my kids don't have to heal from it. Yeah, we're split up. Like, she may be moving out and all kinds of shit, but we're in an amicable way where she hasn't got a bad bone in her body. But we're working it in a transition where it works. And for the last year, we've lived together been good because I've been in the kid's life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But there has to be a turning point where it's just like, we have to leave this because we're just holding on to something that's not there no more. Mm. Yeah, because I... Look, yeah, like when all this came out, whatever, I nearly committed suicide nearly uh, 15 months ago. I was on the top of Junction 3 in the M6 and it literally the M6 had to get stopped just because I didn't heal from shit. And I kept fucking up my life. And I know I fucked this up again. But the only thing that kept me from jumping when, when the copper gave me my phone and it had a picture of my son in it, I was just like, I can't let my son not have a father again. I can't go through that. And that was another turning point. And there's loads of things that happen to your life that you don't realise will help you in life. Do you know what I mean? It's my kids are just paramount to me. Like, no one, no one I just can't wait till till the teacher comes back to me and tries to raise raise a voice to my kid, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't raise you raise my kid, you don't raise your voice to my kid, mm. in a way. So would you say that next stage, then you're more excited or more fearful of the separation and then that step up of still playing that dad role, still being as important? Yeah, yeah. Is it exciting or is it fearful? Yeah, definitely, because it's, it's, it's going to be a transition where, where whether she moves out or we, we're going to become distant. So how can I see my kids every day? Because that's what's kept me afloat. Yeah, yeah. Waking up, seeing my kids, even if it's half an hour, I still get to see them. I make sure I bath them every single night. That's non-negotiable for me, no matter what, what comes into my life. I don't care if someone says, mate, I can make you a million pounds. I'm good. After the bath. After the bath, bro. Yeah. I've called, people have called me. I've even had clients, like, these ain't, like, property clients supply that call me. You said they were pointing me this time. Yeah, my kids having a bit of meltdown. Yeah, but David, you said this time. I said, bro, delete my fucking number. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. You can't respect my kid is ill. I need to spend time with him. Yeah. I don't want to do business with you, bro. Mm. See you later. Do you know what I mean? You need to respect yeah. that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Honestly, I open it again. Like, even hearing your story again today is just like, mm. it inspires me every time. Every time I hear it, and I think it will definitely inspire people, even people who've already heard it, people who've not heard it before. Mm. And yeah, man, I just think you're a sick guy, bro. I can't lie. Like, like, honestly, I, and I know that you've already inspired so many people, and you're going to carry on doing that. Um, I want to know, like, from you, just sort of now going into the life coaching like down yeah. that path like what is your have you got goals with that or where you want to be with that or are you just going with the flow a bit um i'm going with the flow with it a bit because i'm who i who i coach is very important to me mm -hmm. i've turned people down 
and they've offered me three times as much money. You, I can't help you because you're the problem. You won't admit it. Mm. I have a deep conversation with my onboarding calls and this and that. I said, look, there's a breakdown of this, this and that. I've got education. I've got fucking diplomas on all kinds of like fucking whether it's counseling, mental health, like neurological. I, I can do that. But I take it very personal. Mm. Like I can't take you on board if you're not going to admit the shit that you've, you've been through and going through because it's a big thing for me and I try and change people's life. I don't try and change their bank account. That will come at a certain point. But that's what's happening now is I'm diluting stuff so I can help certain people because a lot of people love living their trauma. That's their identity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of narcissists out there that try and use, I think, coaching as a way. Mm. Do you have like a, a vision... <coughs> For the few, I know obviously with with life coaching as well, yeah. but obviously I know you invest in property as well. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any kind of vision with the property side? Because I, I know obviously we did a joint venture together as well yeah, with yeah. Martin and that as well. And I know you're yeah. gonna carry on working with Martin and Sarah as well. So yeah, is there anything going forward with property you plan on doing or? Yeah, so Martin and Sarah Sarah have been amazing grace to me. Mm. We connected when I was doing public speaking. Like I've done nearly ten events down the last year mm. with motivational speaking. I've been fucking. I never thought I'd ever be on the stage talking my story. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Sit one. But people can see that, and that's what I want to bring into property. Martin and Sarah are just amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, They've got yeah. heart and soul in it. They want to help as many people, and they're bringing me on board, and we're collabing mm. so I can be a, a coach to people on their platform, yeah. which I want to be. But I want to take it to the next level. I truly believe I will be in the UK, probably the world, one of the mo best motivational speakers or coaches because I come from a background where no one can't teach me shit. Mm. These coaches have come out of here like saying they've gone through a little bit of depression or they've lost a little bit of weight and now they're in shape and trying to be a mindset coach and shit. You don't know shit, bro. Mm. You're still eating fucking packet of crisps at the weekend and not showing it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm dedicated to buying shit and that's why no one can fucking test me. Come at me, show me the truth and I'll show you where mine is. I fully believe you actually will be the biggest motivation. 100% I will be. I, I, actually, know that. I actually fully believe it though. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? It's going to be a big year for me this year. Like, there's a lot of mm. things going on. And I just need to push myself more because I think a lot of people think they need people mm. in life. I don't need anyone. I want people in my life. Yeah. You don't need people. A lot. I've always been alone. So that's where I kind of kind of can progress myself. Like I do all my stuff myself. Everything I try and do by myself. But you need to lean on people in life because mm -hmm. yeah. they can elevate a lot. Used to, when you've met, you probably wouldn't be here without him. You wouldn't be here without him. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be here without Martin or vice versa. I wouldn't yeah. be here sitting with you if yeah. I didn't meet you years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've just got to lean on people when it's needed. <coughs> don't reject help. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But make sure it's aligned with your morals and values. Mm. Like people can come into your life and they may turn you off shit. If you can keep to your morals and values where you want to go, because you can lose track in life. You can come on board with each other. Two years later, just like, what the fuck have I been doing? Like, where the fuck am I? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Write down your goals, make, make sure you implement them. Action's the biggest thing. And I think a lot of these property events are bullshit. Yeah. Because they tie you out and they always say consistency or turning up's the biggest thing, 99% of it. Turning up ain't fucking the biggest part of it. Mm. That's the easiest bit of it, bro. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that takes 1% of your effort. You can literally call Uber and get there and just like be at an event. Taking action after that mm. is paramount. Do you know what I mean? Just action, action every single day. Make sure you, you align yourself with your actions, where you want to be in your belief system. Your belief system is so important to me. Like, I won't deter from my morals and values from no one. Mm. Not if my kids, they come to me. Do you know what I mean? Because we're teaching them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, anyone like who, whatever vision or goals they have in life, no matter like what field it's in, yeah. like if you're going to give them any bit of like advice, I want to know what it would be. And like from what you just said there about the fact that you did like 10 
um, events on stage, like motivational speeches. Mm. And like I said at the start, like we met you at Tell the World. Yeah. And that was like the first time I think you went on stage and told you. I couldn't get my words out, bro. How about just The thing is, though, like, <laughs> why I think that's so yeah. sick is like, yeah, you might have thought that you weren't able to get your words out. Maybe there was bits where like you were struggling mm. to get your words out, but the fact that you were able to still connect with the, the audience mm. and still being able to like have an impact on people's life and inspire people. But then not only that, but actually going from that stage where you're at, not mm. believing maybe you could do it or m believing that was right to you, to now saying, yeah, I'm gonna be the best motivational mm. speaker in the UK or the world, whatever it is we wanna be. Like, what's your advice for people with that doubt at the start? There's three bits of advice, and this is what I stand for in my, it's never give up, never retreat, and never surrender. And they're three points. They may seem the same, but they're not, because when you go through certain transitions in your life, there's a point where you may think that you're gonna give up. Mm. But never retreat, never step back, and never surrender. Just whatever you're doing, just keep plodding. It's not about the emotion. People get emotionally invested into shit. If you can take your emotions out of something, you'll go a lot further in life. Like a lot of people get attached to materialistic things or the emotions about being somewhere. If you can deter from that and just make it a goal, just hit it. Mm. Now, no matter what, even if you're not going to get that sensation when you get there, if you keep failing at something, keep doing it. But if you get to a certain point where you just give up, what you're doing then is actually setting your belief system and your habits and your structure in a negative way because you mm. never do anything. Even if you don't want to do it, just do it because yeah. then you're setting off your belief system, you're yeah. setting off your structure. Yeah. Loads of things, I don't, I don't like going to the gym at fucking five o'clock, bro. Yeah. Mm. Don't like it. I don't like fucking sometimes my diet because it pisses me off, but I make sure my gut's healthy because then I'm healthy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, that's why I'm on time-restricted eating because it's discipline. Mm. It's not calorie deficit. Do you know what I mean? I'm on my time-restricted eating. Everything in my life has to have an importance or a plan or somewhere where I'm going. If you're just doing stuff for doing stuff, you're just on that conveyor belt, yeah. I think. I 100% agree with that as well. Like what you said there, like I can relate a bit. Like for example, when I say to myself, like if I say to myself tomorrow, I'm going to the gym at 6 a.m. And for whatever reason, I don't wake up at six and I don't go. Like people will say to me sometimes, oh, like sometimes you gotta listen to your body. Maybe it was your body telling you that you weren't ready. And you know what, to me it's like, nah. I said I was going to do something and I didn't do it. So that's no discipline for your me. Your body is as lazy as your mind. And, that, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. So I, I, don't, I don't, I know that, that me saying I'm going to get up at six and go into the gym at six and then going, yeah, it does set me up. I know the benefits of the day, but I think it's also, it's just building up a habit, saying that I'm going to do something and following through, saying that I'm going to do it and mm. following through. Mm. And I think that's like something you need to be doing. That. And like you say, you have to be hard on yourself. Forget mm. not being hard on yourself. I want to set that level so that when it comes to another as aspect of my life and I set a goal or I say I'm mm. going to do something, mm. I follow through. That's it. And that's how I see, how, see that, to be honest. Fully, bro. Because I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands up because I've, I've done that. I've mm. said in the morning I'm going to get up at that time and I just don't. And then I end up kicking myself for the whole day because I've let myself down from the first from the start of the day because I said mm. I was going to wake up and go to the gym and I didn't wake up. I still went to the gym, but it's not the point. yeah. Like, I didn't go at the time I wanted to when I said I was going to, so. Like, people think opportunities are just around the universe. Mm. Opportunities, they come mm. and they go. Once you miss that opportunity, it's never coming back around for you again. Mm. That, the universe isn't that for you, but if you redirect it because you were not fucking man enough, you were not human enough to take that belief system into you, mm. it's for someone else, bro, you missed it. Cool. Every single time, bro, you're batting it off, batting yeah. it off. Do you know what I mean? So, as always, one final question. You might know it if you've watched it, but you are a life coach and you've given us so much advice anyway, but I just always like to ask it for every guest is, what's the biggest lesson you've taken away personally from your own life? Right, like just never give up, never retreat and never surrender. 
always stick to a resilient mindset. Anything, any struggle that comes through your life, mm. just get through it. You, you're never going to see the end of the fucking tunnel. You're never going to do it. Just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And when and you'll come to a certain point, just like, how the fuck did I get through it? Because you never gave up. And that's the biggest thing in life, no matter what it is. Yeah, man. Love that. Sick, man. Yeah, that's it. Mindset soldier, man. Yo, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, brother. I love you. We've been wanting to do this for ages. But as always, big shout out to Leicester Podcast Studios. New setup. Yo, sick, by the way, bro. Cozy right now. Big shout out to our sponsors, Strong Pilates. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow to our YouTube. Thank you to everyone who supported us so far. 50 episodes, man. Energy gone. Come on, bro. That's a big milestone, bro. Yeah, I know, man. Honestly, about people subscribing. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Honestly, please, yo. 50 episodes, like, the subscribers, like, subscribe, comment. Like, honestly, it does mean a lot to us. And, like, even the people, like, interacting with any of our stuff on Instagram, like, even asking questions to our guests, like, it means so much more than you'll ever know. So, please keep supporting. Subscribe to our channel. And, yeah, here's to another 50. Yes, Here's to another 50. Let's go. Hiding zankos in roll-ons. I bet I make them hear it like an old song. Can't rest, can't rest, won't rest. Believing in the process. Every day's a progress. Slow steps, I need my own clothes next.